Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Now stop beating your gums and sound the attack. Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. I'm here with Mitch and James. Hello, Lee. Hello, Mitch. How are you, boys? How's How's things? Very good. Like how you've only said hello to Bays there, Mitch, even though I was the one that actually introduced you. That's very kind of you. Thanks for sticking with me there. Always here for you, Lethal. (laughs) Great result. Boys, a huge week for the We Got the Chocolates podcast and then in sport in general. Um, obviously we've had bulk emails come in since you made that email address skin and uh, the one that we did have was from Jason uh, lovely email that asks well we firstly obviously promoted the show so that's great boys really enjoying it uh, and then would you mind covering the women's weightlifting this week um, so we obviously had every intention of doing that but then there's been some unbelievable pieces of sporting news over the last 24 hours so we sort of just had to slide that down the list a little bit um and what we thought it might actually be useful to start with is that we'd started to sort of you know originally it was just probably eight people that liked the facebook page and they were mostly our family members uh, and since then we've had sort of a couple of random people Jeez, actually, we've, grown, yeah, we? we've grown massively what are we at now 50, 50 well, we actually did rack up the half century today i got a little R- notification raise the stick yep correct and double up obviously and go again gorinda <laughs> so we're gonna need all of that uh if we can but i thought now that we are sort of getting people listening that um, may not know us and probably unaware of the inside jokes and such we probably should go through some sort of introduction of ourselves really because we never actually did that we jumped straight uh, to uh, talking yeah. to each other and that was all. Yeah, that's probably a fair shout. Actually, we did do that. Mm. Uh, well, you, yeah, you can start us off. Lethal show us how it's done. All right. So, <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess what we were, my name is uh, Lee, obviously. Uh, myself and Mitch are brothers. Um, and then that actually probably brings me to my next point is that I have received a little bit of feedback, Mitch, saying that one of us needs to change our voice because the listeners are getting very confused as to Who's actually talking? Really? Yeah, which is a which is a problem. That's interesting. Actually, right? even when I've been listening back, saying, you know, I'm trying to edit it here, and there's been times where I've been unsure whether I've said it or whether Mitch said it. Wow, um, I thought Mitch was quite deep at that. I know, but generally, obviously, yeah. I just if it's something funny, then obviously I've said it. And then if it's something serious, then Mitch said it. Uh, yeah, so it works well. Yeah, it's quite easy <laughs> in reality. Um, but obviously, the listeners aren't aware of that yet. They will be soon, though. Yeah, I'm sure they'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, they will. Um, so I guess uh, I'm, I'm quite short in stature compared to Mitch. Unfortunately, he got all of the uh, food. Uh, Seven years later. Yeah well, yeah. yeah, well, I'm unsure of what other justification we have. Um, so I'm going to run with that one for a while. Uh, and then obviously James is a, is a housemate of ours. Um, so we all get to sit together on a Monday evening and come together and, and have a yarn and record this podcast. That's sort of how it works. So uh, any, yeah, I'm sort of still waiting for my growth spurt, I guess, is the main joke that you'll hear relatively uh, regularly. And then also probably... Um, somewhat of a penalty spot on the back of the head <laughs> celebrating my <laughs> celebrating my 29th birthday the other day uh, and not killing it with the amount of hair on the head unfortunately <laughs> so yeah. well, we got him a little Ashley and Martin subscription for the 29th so yeah. turning that around quickly <laughs> yeah, well, I got him a felt hat to cover up <laughs> 
Unbelievable. <laughs> Ashley Martin subscription is probably going out for about 10 grand debt. You get <laughs> they do not miss you. I actually investigated it at one point because I was getting bullied so badly. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much to the boys at West Torrance Cricket Club in Adelaide. Uh, um, James, I guess the, the things that we need to know about you really are that you are obviously a quite – Tall, that's one thing for sure. Um, you obviously got a serious interest in sport. There's no question, as we probably should no have stated, that we all do. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You play obviously cricket at a, a very, very good level. We all play for Redlands Tigers Cricket Club, which is a great place to play our cricket. James, you were obviously the most naturally gifted cricketer out of all of us, and we're actually contracted by Queensland at one stage. I know that probably embarrasses you. To, uh, to say that, but very good cricketer, um, real frame, strong, striking, um, can lift some serious tin as well, so that needs to be identified um, and actually working that hard at the moment that you've come home and done a, hum- a homemade ice bath today, which is one of the more unusual things I've ever seen in my life, rocked in with two bags of ice from a garage. <laughs> We're not in America, so it's not a garage, but it's a petrol station, I think, straight to the freezer and come in with two bags of ice and throw them in the bathtub wasn't easy poor timing too it doesn't get cold in Brisbane very often but today was right up there I've chosen chosen the coldest day (laughs) genuinely the coldest day on the calendar I would suggest and you've rocked in an ice bath (laughs) (laughs) 3 for 10 boys at the BP I've not seen I'm not getting two I'm not getting (laughs) you know that I'm not getting two for eight dollars 3 for 10 let's take the let's take the ice bath from 7 degrees to negative (laughs) 2 Unbelievable. I haven't seen that bath get used for 10 years either and then you, the first time it has is for a ice bath. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't get ice, ice, ice bath with limbs. Yeah, correct. Limbs so, only. How are you feeling after that though? Recovered? Yeah, oh, beautiful. Yeah. Really good. Oh, well, that's what we're after. Don't you should be right yeah, to go the journey on this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, up Absolutely. Up. Certainly not the most comfortable position you're sitting in. There's no <laughs> question about that. Uh, and then on the Mitch, Mitch, you uh, obviously play cricket as well. Yep, seven double years. every now and then. Seven years, my junior, as we've already established. Yep. Um, far better hair and far better height. Uh, yeah, generally, although I just cut a lot of my hair off. Yeah, the, you have. The skin on nickname, which yes. I've been running with since I, I I had a shaved head when I was probably about eight years old. But um, there have been a few styles in between there. I actually I had a man bun at one stage, but I was still getting called skinned. Yep, that and makes sense, obviously. Last Friday, when it was still reasonably warm, I decided to embrace the nickname again, and I've gone to a, I think, a number two. So I'm down pretty short, and today it yeah. got chilly. It's a very so Investing yeah. in a beanie in the morning. Mm, that's <laughs> right. You definitely are bringing back the skinhead, which is great. Because <laughs> just is back. We knew that if we Phil Davis days. <laughs> What's amazing about that is we only had to peer pressure him by calling him skin for 15 years to make him go back yeah. to that haircut, which yeah. is we knew I'd come around. Mm, He's back. Great, great perseverance. Jesus, you ran a lot quicker in our touch game tonight. I thought actually very really aerodynamic. Absolutely. Yeah. Jinx, you only a soda. Um, yeah, magnificent, very good. Also, Mitch, uh, we've heard you play a little bit of AFL at times, as, as I do as well, for the Alexandra Hills Bombers. A little shout yeah. out from them. Yeah, to the Bombers. <laughs> to the Bombers. Uh, yeah, kicked a couple of behinds on the weekend, obviously no goals. Yeah, and no, I couldn't keep the trend going from my, from my return the week before. <laughs> yeah, you're in great um, goal-kicking form, it's a shame. Yeah, I, I, I had two shots on goal on the weekend. Set shots? Um, no, no, both on the run, although Ooh. neither of them were under a great deal of pressure. Pretty open goal squares um, <laughs> and managed among both of them. Which, Perfect. Yeah. No, is how we play the game here at We Got There. <laughs> no question. So, yeah, just to clarify, we I certainly have a great love for sport and AFL, but I don't claim to be a guru at it. No, correct. No, I don't think any of us do, really. Um, even James only plays one sport properly, but he's actually like a jack of all trades, master of one. <laughs> saying said wrong. <laughs> he just uh, he has a kick of the footy, hits a decent tennis ball, a fair bit oh, of I don't know about that. A fair bit of like Delta what about, tell us about your golf days, Baz. Oh, I heard you were a good up and coming golfer until he got around the green. Yeah, that's right. And then you lose the touch, do you? <laughs> Love my golf though, I do. I definitely do endeavour to, to get really good again once uh, the cricket days are over, I reckon. Yeah, and you bring us plenty of golf news yeah. to the podcast as well, Baz. That'll is be great. great for the relationship. Mm. Mm. Uh, cricket's done. <laughs> my, my sad days are still going. 
perfect. Uh, the old golf games can go for a while. That is you? a free ticket to the doghouse. <laughs> you spend a great deal of time in the kennel too. You really don't need oh, an excuse. Nah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, now Mitch, you uh, you were probably out of all of us. You are probably the most switched on. I think it's fair to say in terms of academia. So you've actually got mm-hmm. a uh, a job, I guess, that involves some sort of interest in statistics and data analysis, which is not the greatest hobby in my opinion, but each of their own. Um, so you've actually really by itself brought us a segment which is very, very popular. Um, well, this is the debut of it. But yeah, we'll, we'll find out it'll be popular. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out if it's very popular. Very creative name, this as well. Um, it's simply titled Skin Stats. You can't harm skin. No way, you just have to wait. He says stats don't count easy. What's your heart? A lot at stake. Uh, almost alliteration we just needed a third S but that's alright we can probably add one in there yeah. if you want but we'll wait till episode 4 to get that in we might add okay. a word in per episode yeah I don't mind it alright are we, are we getting started then on the segment that's your platform stats. your platform intro's over alright yes. well I'll just start off by saying when I was looking for statistics this week um, I was inspired obviously by our AFL fantasy struggles um, they are, there's so many struggles yeah, which should come as no surprise um, and after watching a few games of AFL with Lethal this season something I've heard him say a lot is that he's been quite frustrated with a young Lockie Neal in his team oh, um, Which, and I should probably clarify that as, as three Lions supporters we're probably three of Lockie's bigger fans oh, I would think love him absolutely oh, serious love player him. nearly as um, much as Alex Withered and <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Correct. We love with that. Yeah. yeah, love with that. Wow. Um, but yeah, no, back to Neil. So Lee's frustration with Neil, he's had him in his classic team for the majority of the season, I'm led to believe. He started off the season averaging about 140 after the first three rounds. Yeah, I didn't um, have him in for those games. Oh, yeah, that no, makes sense. <laughs> so Lethal got him in in round four, and his, his average has come back down to 105, which is certainly not to be sneezed at. Um, but Lee's frustration has been that he reckons Lockie Neal gets a lot of disposals but just doesn't kick the ball all that often. He loves a handball is Lee's accusation. I'll be horrified if this is not backed up by stats because I reckon he gets 31 disposals and handballs at 29 and a half times. Well, well Lethal, I think that's I'm, why it's called Skinnelled Stats. Yeah, well, I'm it's going to be backed up by stats. <laughs> I hope it is backed up. Imagine yeah. if it tells us that he kicks it 95% <laughs> of the time. It might blow up for no reason. <laughs> So you can you can quit hypothesizing, Lethal. I'm about to tell you. So, um, yeah, we probably don't anyway, have time so, for hypothesis. Yeah, correct. We're on a strict time schedule here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I should should just say one last thing is that if you haven't already noticed, ninety percent of what comes out of Lee's mouth is absolute dri- gibberish. Um, so I really wanted to have a good look into this and make sure make sure he wasn't just talking nonsense. So I've had had a bit of a search and found that on average. So, so the average of all players in the AFL, um, they get about 9.1 kicks per game and 6.4 handballs. So on average, they kick the ball 59% of the time. They, they get it. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Out of their disposals. Yeah. yeah, so out of their disposals, 59% yeah. of them are kicks. Correct. Yeah. And Lockie Neal, just to clarify, has the second most disposals this season, I think with 510 so he's not struggling for a touch of the Sharon. And you are not struggling for a stat. <laughs> that is some absolute leather poisoning that Lockie's got. He brings um, his own Sharon to the game. But of those 510 disposals, he's only got 205 kicks. Which Shock is horror is all I can say. A 40, 40% of the time he kicks the ball. And what's the normal? Which is, normal an average player is 59%. Normal. Yeah, that's... A, so yeah. that is, I mean, I haven't... I haven't delved too deep to find out if that's statistically significant for us, but I think just by eyeballing it, that has to be not negligible, you would think. Mm. Um, so he really hates a kick. 
Oh, Mocky. He's got a sore foot. I'm telling you, he's got a very sore foot. There's no doubt. Yeah, I think he might be right. He's got. Um, although Baz was, Baz was talking to us about his, his handballing technique. Apparently, he's had a bit of coaching on it this season. Brilliant so handballing he's, technique. Yeah, doesn't he? he, he, he could, he could, it like he, he punches something. He could handball it further than he could kick it. So, that's so maybe that's his theory. He just wants to lot. practice yeah. there. Keep the handballs going. Um, anyway, so one last little note just to just to put the put the icing on the cake for you, Lethal. So I said Lockie Neal's AFL fantasy average this this season is 105 points per game, right? Now you might ask, what would he? How many AFL fantasy points would he average if he just kicked it? A normal amount of times. When you say I might ask, I assume what you mean is I do ask every single (laughs) Correct. (laughs) Correct. So how many AFL fantasy points would he average if he just kicked it at the same rate that everyone else in the game kicks it? And the answer is 123. Yeah. Oh, that's frustrating. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? That would be 123 average. You know, these are great stats in terms of building an absolute... Crack of a fantasy team next year. Yeah, your actual ranking probably should be more than seventeen thousandth if you're able to pull that data together. It's good data. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I probably should. Have like, you're not trading. You're not trading him in. Uh, uh, if you look at that data, you're not really going to uh, trade Lockie Neal in, are you? Yeah. Over someone who doesn't kick yeah, at fifty-five or something. Yeah, yeah kicks no, I wouldn't think so. Like. I appreciate you bringing that to me in round Jeez, nineteen. Again. Yeah, you're welcome. Oh, boys. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. And that was Skin Stats Water segment. Very well done. Skin, great debut for that segment. And I would assume that that will have a long lifespan because <laughs> it's enthralling data to look at, but actually very, very knowledgeable from you and a great use of your hobby. I mean, overnight last night, really, there were probably two of the greatest games of uh, individual sports. And obviously, we did have Australians featuring in them at one stage. We just got knocked out uh, before them. But we'd spent quite a bit of time last podcast talking about about the Cricket World Cup, boys. Obviously, Australia was knocked out in the semi-final by England after beating them in the round games. Um, England looked very, very impressive. And then probably last night, looked like they had the game iced, then looked like they had the game lost. And then one of the most astounding results, really, uh, in terms of how they eventually came to be World Cup holders for the first time uh, in the one-day competition. Boys, Unusual. It went to a super over, obviously, which we uh, we only usually see. Well, we only used to see them in 2020 cricket. I honestly didn't even know we were doing them in one-day cricket, to be fair. Uh, went to a super over after it obviously being tied after 50 overs each. And then the super over was also tied. And England won on a count back. And the count back was most boundaries hit for the game. Mm. Uh, can I get your thoughts on that, boys? Baz, what's up? Obviously, what a game. What an unbelievable game. And yeah, I don't think I've Fascinating to like think, that. yeah, like a, like a tie, uh, a double tie even. Been the 50 been. overs and then the, and the super over as well. Like, what a game of cricket. Uh, I think to for it to end like that, in a way, is obviously the rule, but it is obviously disappointing in knowing that. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to cricket than just hitting boundaries, I guess. Yeah, exactly um, right. But what do, you, like, what do you do? Do you do you play another super over? Do you play it again? Do you call it? You, well, you can't call it a tie, can you? Like mm-hmm. it's it's hard. And the thing is, it's it's such a rare thing that's mm. just not going to happen very yes. often. That it's, they've got to have a rule like that in place. And it is so rare. But I, I remember like when we was getting back to AFL again when there was a tied. Uh, AFL game in a grand final. Yeah, I was about to mention ago. that. Yeah, and they and they had to replay the entire AFL grand final because that was the rule at that stage. Yeah, uh, and that sort of obviously people, you know, same sort of justification. I guess it's so rare it'll never happen, and then it did happen. Um, and they and that brought about a, a rule change sort of straight away. Um, which obviously meant that now it goes into extra time just so that they can get a result on the day. And since then, we haven't had it happen. As you said, it's a very rare occurrence in 50 overs of cricket to come up with a to come up with a tie and then after a super over to also come up with a tie. But it does seem very stiff to me that that's the way that it's decided to go uh, with the most boundaries hit. Like, I mean, even if you look at the fact that England lost more wickets than New Zealand, like I would have thought that that was maybe something like in the bowler's favour that we could have that we could have used as a count back. I'm just unsure of sort of if they picked a stat out of the hat to decide yeah, that's how right. they were going to do the count back or if there has been some genuine thought put into that. But um, it's, it would be very frustrating for New Zealand to lose by tying. Yeah. 
Yeah, and obviously, no, congratulations to England for tying the World Cup. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah how strange was that? Um, waking up this morning to check the result and reading England win by zero rounds. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if you boys have read it today, but there's been a lot of chat um, surrounding what happened in the actual last over of the 50 over innings um, where the throw came in oh, and deflected off Ben Stokes' bat. Now, the ball ended up deflecting uh, all the way to the boundary, which is considered four runs, four overthrows. And as we all know, um, as players, if if it deflects off our off our gear, we don't run with our batting partners. That's just the spirit of cricket. Mm. We stay, um, stay put at our ends. But the fact that the ball went and hit the rope made it really lucky for England that they got those four yeah, runs. But the runs actually, killed. diving deeper into the rule from what's happened today, um, the rule states that uh, the batters get rewarded awarded the runs that they ran, um, but only um, if they had crossed for the so the second run of that two between Stokes and whoever. Yep, with you. They had to they had to cross in the middle when the throw was let go from the boundary to be rewarded that run. Right. Well, and it was actually when the ball was let go out of the hand, they wouldn't have crossed. They wouldn't have crossed. Oh, so no. it should have been five runs. Not six. And, so, yeah, not six. And Adil Rashid should have been on strike for the last ball, needing three off one. Jeez. New, well, Zealand, New Zealand win. Yeah, well, you would think, you would think. New Zealand, you're back in New Zealand from there, barring a edge past the keeper. And that's the thing you are talking in, uh, you know, complete sort of what ifs, I guess. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's no way of actually being completely sure what the result would have been. But tell you what, in fairness to the umpires, boys, like I would... That's a tough kick. That's so tough. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I remember in one preseason, I actually tried to practice deflecting balls uh, at the non-strikers end when throws <laughs> would come in because I just thought that might be so handy. If you could deflect like eight of these every innings, imagine how many runs you get <laughs> when throws come in. That's the spirit of cricket the spirit of cricket. Sorry. Uh, we don't do that at Tigers, obviously. Um, Lethal hitting cut shots <laughs> accidentally from, from a non-striker. <laughs> I just thought they were throwdowns. I was just trying to get some extra runs there. But uh, in fairness to Ben Stokes, he has not tried to do it at all. And it's just no, unbelievable. Like, the amount of times that you do see throws, Aaron throws do hit the batsman all the time. Yeah. But like you said, we don't run. Clean they rarely, the go, yeah, they rarely mm-hmm. go the boundary. The problem is in England, that particular straight boundary was 32 <laughs> metres. <laughs> Otherwise, someone would have run it down. And also, it just runs so quickly. Yeah. Uh, and it is so stiff to lose with that being in. I mean, and in that scenario, it was nine or three, which is a tough, you know, with Trent Bolt bowling thunder bolts. Yeah. If thunder, you see what I did yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, uh, gotcha. yeah, and it's very hard to get nine off three, you would think, the way that he was bowling. But um, so Twists and turns, boys. What a, what a spectacle. Mm. I just think if you're going to play one super over, then just go out and play another one. Just keep playing super <laughs> over. Just overs. play 2020. You might play 50 of them. But we've got to get a result, surely. You have to get a winner. It can't be you hit the most boundaries. It's yeah. ludicrous. Yeah, you would think. Oh, well, she's done now. She's done now. We move on from that. And the other game, boys, that was going on at the exact same time, different sport, obviously, uh, was the men's final in Wimbledon between Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. Um, might I mentioned that Roger Federer is one month shy of his 38th birthday, uh, which is ridiculous, the that fact is. that he is still almost the best player on the circuit at 30 seven and 11 months of age. That's a serious, serious effort. Um, but boys, that that's an absolute classic as well. I mean, that goes, we're talking about probably the greatest one-day game of cricket we've ever heard. This, this final would go down in some of the great, greatest finals of all time as well in terms of the fact that it got to 12 all in the final set, in the fifth set. Um what? And then was 12 all, and then was obviously went to a tiebreak. That's a new rule, by the way, boys. It's it's sort of like the Nicholas Mahout, John Isner rule from because they played in a game in 2010. I think yeah. they went for seven and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and the final result was 70 to 68 uh, in the fifth set. So they brought in a new rule to stop that from happening, which means that they got the 12 all, and then it goes to a tiebreak. Okay. And obviously, Novak Djokovic uh, was the victor in that particular tie break so again sort of the beneficiary of a, of a rule change that was in place due to some of the ridiculous games and length games that were being played with those fifth sets um, but that's I mean that's an all time great between two all time great players really I mean like you talk about Novak Djokovic I think sort of how, however many majors he's won and then you look down the other end and there's Roger Federer who's 
playing for his I mean, what that would have been his seventeenth Grand Slam title or something. I could, could not tell you. Very high, in a the, ridiculous um, number. Exactly. So, talking about some serious, serious tennis players, there's no question, and they've obviously provided a uh, a game for the ages there as well, which just happened to be on at the same time, and really only just down the road, both in England. So the uh, the sporting pundits in England would have been very, very happy with mm. the night's work or day's work over there. There's no question about that. Um, Obviously, on the last podcast, boys, we talked about... That was uh, his, sorry to interrupt, Lethal, yeah, but that please. was Novak's 16th. 16th? Grand Slam. Between Novak, Roger... What's Roger then? And, um, and Rafa, they're all up, nearly touching 20. 16th. He must have won Wimbledon five times. That's unbelievable. 20, 20, for, 20 for Roger. Yeah. Nadal, 18. Jeez. So they've all won some serious... Yeah, they're not struggling to do this. Has anyone else won one? The, the rest has played years, those fourth. Andy Murray might have snuck one in Andy there somewhere. Murray probably won, yeah, less than five <laughs> yeah, at the same couple. time. Unbelievable. That's serious tennis from that. And, like, just for such an extended period of time. Roger Federer was a gun when I was 10, so that's a long time playing tennis. <laughs> There's no question about that. Um, we did talk about on the last podcast, boys, that Ash Barty was playing uh, at that particular time. We genuinely put the mockers on her. She went on to lose that game, unfortunately. Uh, and then, But she was actually very, very positive about losing. It was pretty impressive to see the way that she handles herself and the class that she brings to the table in those press conferences. And then, obviously, in the women's final, uh, Simona Halep defeated Serena Williams 6-2-6-2 to win the Wimbledon title there for the girls. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ash Barty also in her press conference um, all she wanted to really talk about was the fact that the women's Ashes was starting uh, at at the same time so that she was really sort of not you know disappointed but happy to move on life goes on because I'm going home to watch the women's Ashes uh, Australia versus England over there and actually we feel like it's very important to make sure that some of these uh, female Australian athletes are getting the recognition that they deserve as well because there are some unbelievable performances going on at the moment James you've actually got some information about that particular women's Ashes series yes so the girls have finished their one day uh, tournament which they won um, and now they're moving into the test matches. So they've just played a tour match, a three-day tour match against the England Women's Academy side uh, where they really put in a dominant performance and won quite easily. So promising signs for the girls. A couple of standout performances was Beth Mooney, great Beth Mooney from Queensland uh, with a lovely 100 in the first innings and Elise Perry with a really good 100 in the second innings. So... A um, couple of star performances there, and yeah, the girls are in good, good form and good nick leading into the, the test matches off the back of a good one day series. Aren't they ever unbelievable? Uh, and the other, I guess, uh, result is that the Brisbane and Gold Coast have been playing in the winter series of the women's AFL as well, sort of like their off-season competition at the moment. Uh, yeah. And they actually played um, at the Gabba for the first time on the weekend where the Lions triumphed by 17 points over Gold Coast as well. Uh, and they actually managed to clean sweep that series, so winning 3-0. Obviously, the Gold Coast boys are coming into the competition 
in 2020. Uh, and there's actually four teams that are being added to the women's competition in 2020. So that's Gold Coast, Richmond, St. Kilda, and West Coast, which actually has meant like a mass exodus of players from the Brisbane Lions team. Um, people sort of like Kate McCarthy, Nat Exxon, um, Paige Parker, she's moving back to the Gold Coast where she was in the academy there anyway. So they actually have lost quite a few players, obviously, after being a really successful club for the first two seasons. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that challenge. But obviously, the signs are pretty good uh, in the winter series. Brilliant. Goodness. Magnificent. Excellent. Uh, moving on from there, boys, we will go to our NRL wrap for the week. Um, obviously, in our last podcast last week, we were leading up to State of Origin 3, and that was mm-hmm. a serious game of football as well, boys, it must be said. Um, yeah. Queensland looked down and out as we have become accustomed to seeing them. Uh, showed some serious spirit and managed to fight back and looked like they were sort of going to get the game to golden point yeah. uh, in game three. And then, obviously, from there it was sort of uh, snatched out of their out of their grasp by a, a ridiculous try uh, with only sort of a minute to go as well. That Blake Ferguson run down the wing and then inside ball to James Tedesco, who it must be said absolutely carved up for the second half. Everything yeah. ran. He broke six tackles. It was very very hard to stop. A couple of things from that game, I guess, boys, with that. Uh, there was plenty of questions asked in the aftermath as to why Daly Cherry Evans didn't have a crack at field goal uh, when the scores were obviously level with two minutes to go. We certainly got the ball down to their end after scoring a try uh, and they elected not to go for it and didn't have a crack at field goal um, from probably 35 metres out, which we've definitely seen Daly Cherry Evans kick field goals from that range. Um, which was obviously debated quite heavily. I think what sort of cooked him, though, is that uh, Moses Embai, who took the previous hit-up or that exact hit-up, was sort of trying to get a penalty. And probably, to be fair, in the first half, it would have been a penalty. In the replay, there were however many penalties. I think it was like... 12 yeah, penalties that, in the first half. That's what I was going to say about this game. Did anyone else find the first half just tough to watch? No. Oh, penalty kept. Penalty a thorn. It was <laughs> oh, crazy. And sometimes I feel like they come out with just a direction of things to look for, mm. uh, things yeah, that they're exactly. going to be nitpicking on in this particular game. Uh, because it was crazy. I, I just can't understand how a penalty count in the first half, maybe I'm slightly sceptical, but how a penalty count goes from 12 in the first half to one in the second half. There's no way that they got that much better yeah. as they're getting tired and lazy and yeah. they wanted to get on side but getting 11 less penalties in the half of football. That is insane. I couldn't understand that. No, very difficult to wrap your head around. But Moses Zemboy obviously uh, tried to get the penalty, wasn't given, so it meant that New South Wales sort of had a completely set line uh, and then obviously really, really very yeah. tough to get a field goal attempt away from that. You sort of need a broken line yeah. um, and obviously a quick play the ball is what you're after. Yeah, that's exactly. They were like a tough little bit game. wide of the post, weren't they too? Yeah, they were actually. They were to the left of the post. There's no yeah. question. So it wouldn't have been the easiest field goal attempt. The other thing that's I think puts a bit of fear, we watched a couple of games on the weekend as well where obviously went to golden point two or, or definitely uh, field goals became a major part of the game. And I think the seven tackle set for the ball going dead is putting a lot of fear in teams more in sort of kickers' minds as well. Because obviously if they're missing from field goal territory and yeah. it rolls dead, then they come back to the 20 metre and they get seven tackles, which essentially means that you've gifted the opposition another sort of shot at field goal yeah. as well. Then yeah, they struggle right. to get to the 30 metre line to have the next shot at field goal as well. So I think that's sort of throwing some doubt is in that every team is looking for the perfect opportunity to kick a field goal because they're worried about the repercussions yeah. of missing it. Yeah, right. Uh, that's interesting. Not to mention we all, in those games on the weekend, geez, we saw some missed field goals, didn't we? Oh, there were some serious missed <laughs> field goals. I was going to talk through that actually. Uh, some of the game results from round 17, I wanted to make mention of uh, one particular game that I watched, uh, which was the Cowboys playing against the Roosters. And that's that's a decent upset. That was obviously on Sunday. The Cowboys ended up winning 15-12. But like you said, it was 12 all with you know five minutes to go. And the last five minutes just became a field goal-a-thon. 
Um, and essentially, we had uh, Jake Clifford, is his name, the yeah. halfback for North Queensland. Yeah. It was obviously not a common name that people would know. But he hit two of the sweetest drop kicks I've ever seen and missed them both after striking them beautifully <laughs> off the boot. All the commentators are going, yep, unbelievable. What a strike. It looks good. And no. And then the one that he eventually kicked was absolutely munged off the outside of his boot. It swung like reverse swung, crept yeah. over the crossbar. You saw that as I well. did. Yeah, uh, uh, ridiculous. Like just how that works, and then the other one was uh, the Brisbane, obviously the Broncos boys. They drew in the end, which we haven't seen for a number of years. A draw, eighteen all with the New Zealand Warriors. Yes, yeah, and they would have had plenty of shots at field goal. Yeah, I think I only watched Golden Point, so I would have seen maybe ten minutes of the game and saw about four missed goal field goal attempts. So that's great, good viewing. Yeah, do you think that like that was a more of an opportunity, and that like Golden Point is actually still an opportunity to play football like I think a lot of them yeah. a lot of things today I was reading about that game was like they were just trying to go as hard as they can down the middle and just have a shot at the field goal yeah. instead of actually maybe just playing yeah. a bit of footy and Back keeping up to score a try yeah maybe. keeping that in the mind still throwing the ball around or you know putting in a good kick or putting the full back under pressure rather than just making kind of a, a drop off drop goal off I've thought, the, uh, I've thought the same thing. It would be interesting to see, like, just if, if someone actually did it, like, if someone was happy to run, like, a set play that actually, you know, didn't go for field goal, yeah. like, it was actually a try-scoring opportunity, if any teams would be able to respond to it. Because you're exactly right, it becomes so one-dimensional, so Quite one out of the ruck, vision. One out of the ruck, run down the guts, mm. uh, get yourself into field goal territory. And it seems like teams can condense, they can all of a sudden get eight people sprinting up out of the line. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like it makes it extremely obvious. And the other thing is, boys, that as soon as, just like we just talked about with the state of origin, as soon as the result is on the line, um, the referees pack up and go home. They don't ref for the rest of like, the remaining <laughs> two minutes. They're out the door. Um, so they can blow 20 penalties for the game. And they don't get paid for gold. <laughs> it's 12 all. 12 all, they are not blowing a penalty. There are people offside by four metres in front of the kicker. They leave before the ball's played. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and you'll no, never see a penalty true. because no one wants the game to be decided that way. There's other results on the weekend. The Panthers beat the Titans 24-2 and the Titans are in disarray, it must be said. Uh, one story that's coming out of there, obviously, is that Garth Brennan has been sacked from the Titans as the coach, um, which probably wouldn't shock anyone. I mean, he's had a very, very tough year the Titans have certainly and uh, and it's never the player's fault it's always the coach's fault so he was always always going to go um, yeah, okay. makes sense. yeah definitely the big news will be who sort of gets the job because there's a lot of talk about the fact that you know that any team on the Gold Coast seems like it's destined to really struggle at the moment there's no question about yeah. that so they probably really need to get this coaching appointment right um so that the Gold Coast survive. I think financially they've got quite a bit of backing, but people are going to want to see wins. Uh, they need to see success to get bums on seats. There's no question about that. So Absolutely. Kevin Walters has been linked to the job. Uh, Massively. He's the yeah, He's like the front runner, I guess, yeah. well, certainly in terms of what the media is giving us. Yeah. Um, Anthony Griffin's been linked to the job. So it'll be very interesting to see sort of where they wind up there, but they certainly need a good coach. They need to probably not try and get a cheap option. They need to spend as much money as they can to make sure... Long-term contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To make sure that they um, get some success there. They really need it. And then the competition probably needs it too. We don't want to go back to having a buy. I don't think. Maybe some people do. You can let us know your thoughts there. Uh, other things that came out of the weekend in the NRL competition, um, boys, there's a pretty ordinary spear tackle on the weekend in Canberra. That was the first send-off of the season. This was Nick Kotrick from the Canberra Raiders. He was sent off for a pretty ordinary spear tackle against the Dragons. The Dragons uh, losing that game 14-36. So the Raiders, obviously, once he got sent off, actually, they just put on a clinic and scored even more points. So the Dragons still didn't score with 12 on the field. Uh, so they comprehensively won that. Um, but what's probably the bigger news, boys, is that Ricky Stewart gave out in the press conference. If you get a chance to see that, definitely have a look at it. And just goes bananas, um, which is not a shock. Like he often, usually, even though they win, he comes out and still complains about the refereeing. He's never really the most positive guy. It would be a real pleasure to be around, I think. <laughs> go for a coffee. Uh, there's no question. So he blows up about the fact that it's not a spear tackle. He says that it's a dangerous throw, but not a spear tackle. It shouldn't have been a send-off. It was very harsh. 
Um, you've seen the replay, Baz. That's that's one of the spear attacks. Yeah, that's yeah. further I've seen one. I would have thought the old Absolutely. days of picking them up and driving their neck into the ground. Yeah, it's and it's pretty clear, isn't it? The rules. Yeah, and there has been some some ugly and and real damaging injuries of late with that in the last couple of years. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very frowned upon these days. Uh, we also had Benji Marshall played his 300th game on the weekend, boys. He's provided some magic and plenty of highlights over the years. Probably someone who's provided less highlights, but um, absolute gun of the game is Cameron Smith, who overshadowed Benji Marshall's 300 game, uh, sneezed at it and said, I've played 400 games. <laughs> Um, which is a serious amount of football. There's no question. Oh, yeah. Him and Roger Federer are in the same bracket. Roger Federer will get a contract at Melbourne next year as well, uh, just to see if he can dominate another sport. Very good. That's the NRL rap, boys. Um, some of the news coming out of the AFL over the weekend. Obviously, uh, we talked a little bit about the fantasy side of it, but um, Stephen Coniglio, uh, huge injury news, Baz, you'd have huge to Huge injury. Yeah. Uh, that'll probably absolutely be fantasy talk to I would think yeah, the Giants yeah the Giants are struggling now a little bit aren't they with, oh, with injuries given that Callum Josh Ward, Josh, Josh Kelly, Kelly yeah, yeah Canigua, so um, the good news for Canigua test their depth that's for sure not ACL which is no, cartilage only cartilage but season only, so season done but Obviously, great news that it's not. He'll have a full preseason, and he's only young still. So yeah, he's also in sort of proper play contract negotiations at the moment as well. With obviously the uh, GWS would be very very keen to keep him. Absolutely. Um, And then other clubs sort of circling as well. Uh, Nick Natanui also (laughs) boys is injured as well, diagnosed with syndesmosis today, uh, and likely to miss the rest of the season also. What is that? Baz is asking, and I have no idea. That's <laughs> sort the regardless uh, of what it is. I definitely yeah. I feel sorry for Nick Nat yeah. coming off the yeah. back yeah. of it. Like two tough, games, didn't it? Nearly a ten month, twelve month ACL recovery. Yeah. That's a rough draw, isn't it? He Very. comes back for a couple of games, and then he's he's out again. That's just tough. No, that is really tough mentally. Stiff. And he makes a big difference to the West Coast side too. So, um, to certainly, it was an immediate impact for the West Coast side who are looking. I reckon hot favourites at the moment. So athletic. Um, yeah, well, that probably leads us to uh, the results from the weekend, but speaking of them being hot favourites, there was a bit of an upset over there in the West, wasn't there, on the weekend? Uh, yeah, Collingwood beat beat West Coast uh, in an absolute blockbuster by one point, um, getting in late to, to beat the West Coast Eagles. So that was a really, really good match. It was what we spoke about last week, obviously that being a... A blockbuster, but Carlton beat Sydney. Yeah, which is upset. Carlton winning a few games. Sneaky, it's funny. It starts to, they start to the media start to blow them up, and there starts to be a bit of chat about how the good they'll be next year and everything. I think to stay, um, they've got some good young players. They just need to get a good co- good coach on board. Um, and what's wrong with this bloke that they've got at the moment? The caretaker coach he seems to be dominant. <laughs> you always wonder. You always wonder about that, don't you? The coach gets sacked and sacked, and then someone comes in and they win games, and then there's oh, a new coach there. So <laughs> oh, oh, that is. He I'd goes back to, to run the waters. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Hang on. To know the side. What's wrong with this bloke? This has happened to David Teague. He's won seven from eight, and he'll get bin for Mick Mulhouse. Or Brad Scott or something <laughs> back on the waters so it's always fascinating <laughs> moving on from there Hawks beat the Dockers uh, Essendon uh, won by five points beating North in a close one and they move into the eight yeah uh, Crows smash the Suns at the Gold Coast we've 150 to 50 Crows stay at the Gold Oates. Coast isn't it yeah. we've mentioned for both teams NRL and AFL yeah so the Crows stay in the eight Cats had a good win over Saints, um, keeping them top of the table. Richmond beat the Giants. Richmond are looking really strong. I think they're coming home with a wet sail. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Dogs also coming home strong. They can sneak into the eight. And uh, the Mighty Lions boys winning in Adelaide Oval is is a huge victory and takes us into third. And I think that, um, yeah, People will have to start taking taking us a lot more serious now in terms of going a bit deeper in the finals, perhaps. Well, Baz, you would think that. You most certainly would. Uh, however, um, actually, it's a perfect segue to a segment that we call the social sin bin. 
Um, which is one of the great segments that can be uh, can be no doubt about that. But on your point, Baz, about how people might start taking us seriously, and when I say us, I don't actually play for the Brisbane Lions, but obviously quite a avid supporter. Um, but Mitch, you've got uh, someone to put in the social sim bin who is probably not as big a supporter of the Lions by the sounds. No, no, it doesn't sound like it. Um, so, yeah, I was having a read through social media this week. Um, obviously, a few posts about the Lions on the on the AFL page, um, and it was reading through the comments and found someone who has decided that the Brisbane Lions can only play good footy at the Gabba. Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's correct. Given the last two weeks, they won yes. spotless we- and down late on. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so we've just dusted Port Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval and GWS in Sydney, but two big only... games at two yeah. is hard to win. Mm, correct. You've got to take so ten in the pin there. Yeah. I'm afraid. I mean, I I hope you're taking the piss and you haven't said that seriously, but regardless, you've found yourself in the bin. Mm. Well, I mean, one thing we know about oh, the, one thing we do know about the internet is uh, people are always serious. <laughs> So they're definitely going straight to the bin, as is this person that I've got to bring to us. Um, she's actually just forgot where she was. Uh, so we've got we've got just a little Fox League post here where they were talking about Anthony Seabold, the Brisbane Broncos coach, um, sort of breaking his team into small groups, like into their groups of forwards and backs and, and getting them to obviously sort of talk about at halftime this is about what's going on in the game, which boys is really common. Like we do it in touch footy. We've definitely done it in AFL, like every yeah. AFL game we do it. That's uh, quite getting common. Getting into yeah. defended. I think it's really, really common. Anyway, uh, Gordon Taylor's got on and said, that he feels like where do you learn that at Harvard um, which was a strange comment from Gordon he's gone close to getting himself in the bin but that's probably just a penalty at this stage uh, and, and anyway he's got on and said that and then obviously we've got plenty of people commenting on social media from that uh, including Denise here who has said yeah that technique's worked really well all the way to 12th on the ladder you fools Denise she signed it at the bottom <laughs> And it says her name on her profile when you're obviously commenting on Facebook. I don't feel like you need to tell us who's writing it when it's just your name. Uh, probably. I mean, really hard to work out who wrote that comment. I feel like that would be quite typical of sort of middle-aged people trying to work their way through social media. It doesn't quite Where's come naturally regards? to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a kind regards. Regards, Denise. Thank you very much, Denise. And the next time we see you, you will be in the social sim bin as well. Uh, and then the last one, boys, is outstanding here. Um, this was from an AFL result on the weekend uh, where we've got that the Brisbane Lions – are going to upset the Apple card, <laughs> C-A-R-D, no. uh, of a Geelong West Coast Grand Final. Now, I'm obviously all for the Brisbane Lions support, but I feel like in our saying said wrong type of operation here, definitely the expression is upset the Apple cart. Yeah, uh, that's C-A-R-T, in fact. So <laughs> upsetting the Apple card is going to be weird to do. Hutchins gift card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. That would be great. That uh, hurt his feelings. Yeah, so that has to be, unfortunately, a couple of minutes in the social sim bin as well. I apologise. And very well done. Boys, our own results from the weekend, obviously, which most people are very interested in. And, Baz, you came out of watch, actually, didn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I came down to watch the boys after they've been pestering me for weeks about the, dyna- the dynamic du- duo finally returning, yes. Skinnled and Lethal. But uh, the guy I know, Lethal or Yebus or Gabes even, was not getting called those names as I went to watch him. So I found it hard actually finding Lee on the, on the field, first of all. Skinnled was easy, obviously, with his beautiful beard and his skinhead, but... Yeah, he did have the skinhead. Uh, Lethal being a bit shorter, as he self-confessed earlier in the introduction, uh, could not seem to find him. <laughs> but what I was hearing uh, around the ruck and the contest in which Lethal prides himself was uh, the word and the name Camel being yelled out oh. quite consistent, consistently. Yeah, um, The camel. Uh, and then it was hard, but it took me a while, and I put two and two together, and Lee was being called the camel, <laughs> uh, which was quite hard to believe. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
Um, Lethal, please, please tell the listeners why um, you were called the camel. It's an unusual story. It has nothing to do with me drinking a lot of water either or being able to store it for a long time. So that's disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really open for some tips there. Uh, no. Shattered. Unfortunately, uh, where it stems from is that, Mitch, you were actually here for this. I was, this was a good story. Yeah. I was, uh, I was driving to footy training, which is why it sort of is a footy nickname uh, because when I'd first moved back to Brisbane from South Australia, you remember the wonderful vehicle I was driving boys called the Toyota Lexus. What a vehicle. <laughs> great vehicles, that's for sure. Uh, and it wasn't in its greatest condition, you'd have to say. It had a reasonably tough life. Um, and it still had South Australian number plates on it. So uh, when I was driving the footy train, I was followed home uh, by, well, not home, but followed two footy training by sort of an, an unmarked police car, as it turned out. I didn't know who it was at the time. Um, but they followed me for a you know, distinct amount of time. And I sort of thought it was a bit weird. And then eventually when I got to the footy club, they went out the window, uh, looked at who I was and went, oh, you're not who we thought you were. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, who did you think I was? And they said, oh, we thought you were this local drug dealer named Camel. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And they said, well, you've either got to change either your number plates on your car or you've got to get rid of the moustache because it makes you look like a drug dealer. <laughs> so they're That's doing this. Oh, man. So they're following me around expecting that I'm sort of this just rogue drug dealer that's nicked a car and changed the plates <laughs> on it because I've got a moustache. Oh, it does look quite sus, though. Yeah. One, the car, you know. two, the plates. Yeah. <laughs> Three, the mo. Oh, God. <laughs> that's, that's what's known as the holy trio. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so, boys, it really, my self-esteem took a massive hit and obviously <laughs> – because I was at the footy club, every single person uh, saw the police officer talking to me yeah. thought that I was in massive trouble and then I sort of had to tell the actual story, the fact that I'd done nothing wrong. And obviously from that point on, I thought it was a great idea to call me Camel and it's just stuck ever since. That's brilliant. Uh, that, which is great news. Um, and boys, uh, because it did hurt my self-esteem, I mean, normally, James, we sort of save our... Uh, we usually save our songs on this show, on this podcast, for our blow-ups about AFL fantasy. Um, but in order to sort of, you know, be more wholesome and, uh, and across more parts of life with our songs and using our vocals to great effect, I actually did write a song uh, at the time that you might be interested to know um, just about why moustaches could be such a useful thing. So I was hoping you might sing that song with me. It's, um, it's called Say I Love That Mo." Can you feel it? Now it's growing back, it's appealing On an ordinary chap I can see you And the confidence that it installs When I lost it Well I look so bland Now I've glossed it It's all going to plan You're all waiting For the facial hair overhaul I'm so sick I love that moment. Say, 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 I love that moment. Here's the deal. My love, just don't shave. Just don't shave. Just don't shave. And here's the deal. Just don't shave, just don't shave, just don't shave. Say, I love that we brushed it, and it's growing fast, but we trust it. It looks good at last, well, it might seem steep, but a mustache makes a man real tall. And so say, I love that moment, say, I love that moment, say. I love that moment, say, 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 I love that moment. Here's the deal. <laughs> <laughs> you freak. It's just a shame. 
Holy Moses, Enriquez. That is a very, very tough song to sing, it must be said. Skin, well, probably not that tough for people that actually could sing. Yeah, no, you're probably right, but you two certainly can't. <laughs> oh, feel, feel free to contribute at some stage if you uh, like. Yeah, no, well, you've got me covered. I'm happily warming the pine for the weekly song over here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That is our song of the week for this week, and I hope that you enjoyed it. Obviously, it gets away from our AFL fantasy chat uh, and leads into just you know, an area of my life that I've needed to target for some time now. James, thank you very much for your help there, as per usual. Yeah. Great. Thanks, James. <laughs> really enjoyed it. That's no question. Full of banter tonight, Baz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you write the third verse. <laughs> I just didn't like either of the first two. Just um, jealous I can't grow on my... <laughs> Very <Or> fair. Is he just getting lacking in facial hair? There's no yeah. question. Uh, all right, boys. Well, obviously, though, uh, we might have sung a different song, um, but we cannot let the podcast finish without obviously reflecting on our AFL fantasy scores. That is a staple part of the podcast. So, James, you're going to get us started. How did you fare this round? Um, round 17. Boys, I got 2227. Two, uh, that's with uh, 21 <laughs> players out of 22, um, given that my captain got a globe. <laughs> Uh, a crispy can cream jam filled caramel glaze, original glaze, whatever you want to glaze it with. Harlem um, Globe. Yeah, and he's came out and uh, nicked off first ball. Steve um, okay. He's probably one of my favourite players, one of my greatest fantasy players, um, not just this year, but last year. Love the bloke, being awesome for the Lion Kings. Thought I'd captain him this week, given he came up coming out. Uh, he played against. Richmond, Richmond give away a lot of points. Mm. Uh, I mean, he has a big role to play uh, with Josh Kelly out, but unfortunately, Cogs did his knee early doors, boys, uh, which isn't good for him, obviously. Um, all my fantasy team, yeah, very well, flat about probably that. More, more importantly, importantly. <laughs> absolutely, it's first time it's ever happened. Oh, the good news is, good you get double his score. Yeah, but surely there's something. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I thought there was some kind of count back on boundaries hit or something. Get a few points. It's just a warehouse forms this time. It's just a lineup for your Krispy Kremes. Oh, that's devastating. Yeah, well, that you've actually done pretty well to get that many points with zero as your captain. Yeah, that's right. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's a fair effort. The overall ranking did it take a hit though? Yeah, it took a hit. A couple of thousand. I'm out to nine thousandth. Okay. Very so, good, Mitch. Uh, yeah, well, I also had Coniglio, so got zero there, which was which hurt. Um, yeah, your captain choice though was ridiculous. Yeah, well, I was yeah, I was going to mention that. Sorry, Basil, I, <laughs> he's been pretty I, flat already tonight. Basil, uh, four hundred <laughs> extra points. Basil's a bit down and out at the moment, so I'll just pick him up and say that my <laughs> captain was uh, Josh Dunkley, who really struggled to find the ball. Um, ended up with 189 fantasy points for the night, so, so that was a handy little handy little selection from me. Good um, on you, Skinner. And it's the first week you didn't actually listen to the or take the traders' exact recommendation for captain. Yeah, you true. Went, you okay. went with your own choice. Yeah, I've, I've gone with my heart there, and that it's went, really paid yeah. off. Similar to me, I went with my yeah. got it <laughs> yeah. up. So it's great. back to the Anyways, so I've always face. back your heart, as it turns out, <laughs> unless it's Caniglia. <laughs> Anyways, I've ended up with a score of 22-46, which is not phenomenal. I think my I think my ranking for the week went down actually, but um I mean not to be sneezed at given I had someone score zero for me. So um, yeah. Correct. No complaints. Absolutely. Well boys I had a more of a meltdown uh prior to I didn't have Caniglio so I didn't have that issue uh, although I had Angus Brayshaw who was marginally more useful mm-hmm. uh, with his 44 thank you Angus uh, but where I sort of had some massive issues was that in the naming of the sides obviously Griffin Logue was omitted who was on my field and Xavier Dersma was also omitted who was on my field um, so they were both omitted which meant that I had to panic and get Hugh Goddard in as the rookie for Carlton one of the great Carlton players. <laughs> Correct. Really killed it. Um, in fairness to him, he had his jaw 
broken in half uh, where wow. half time so that yeah. wasn't ideal uh, so he got 16 um, and I've really got zero players that can defend unfortunately which is a major issue for me that's no, not a great back line. it is a stinking looking back line that's for sure uh, and also I got James Sicilian this week after his 127 last week and he repaid the faith with 64 thank you James uh, which was very good so obviously an overall total of 2,000 286 uh, for the overall ranking of 18,502nd, which I can't see it getting much higher than that at this stage. It seems to be very hard to claw back. It's on a decline. Really struggling. But onwards and upwards, boys, we've got two weeks to go in the league. Uh, and I'm potentially going to miss the eight. <laughs> so that's a real reward for in. the amount of hours that I spend on fantasy during the week. Great news. Uh, guys, that is all we have time for on the podcasts for We Got the Chocolates this week. This was episode three. Obviously, stay tuned around the same time next week for our next episode. Uh, and as per usual, guys, if you have any thoughts, queries, comments, if you have anyone where you want us to put in the social sim bin or any stories that you feel like we should be covering, the email address, Mitch, is... We got the chocolates at gmail.com. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very easy to remember. You've been a wonderful audience. There's no question we've noticed tonight whilst recording. Yeah, faultless. Uh, zero interruptions, which has been great. Thank you very much for your support over the last week, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a huge week for We Got the Chocolates. Uh, sorry about James's performance tonight. Super <laughs> <laughs> covered in the ice bath. Yeah, it's still frozen. That's right, exactly. Uh, very nice. Guys, we will see you. We'll probably not see you, but we'll certainly hit you with our podcast at the same time next week. Thank you and good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.